This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. In this Real Estate News Brief for the week ending July 22nd of 2023, what economists are expecting from the Fed, why there's so much optimism about a soft landing, and what landlords are seeing for rent growth in today's market. I'm Kathy Fedke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. We begin with economic news from this past week, and much of that news has been focused on what economists predict the Fed will do at this week's meeting. There's basically a consensus that the Fed will hike short-term rates another quarter point to squash inflation, and that that will likely be the final rate hike. But at the same time, most economists don't expect Fed Chief Jerome Powell to say that out loud, and he has predicted the need for another two rate hikes. But he's more likely to leave people guessing at this point, as Fed officials evaluate inflation data. And it's been pretty good recently. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, dropped to 3.1% in June, but the core rate is still too high at 4.8%. The core rate eliminates food and gas and is considered a better gauge for determining what prices are doing. I actually think the Fed is probably going to raise two more times, like they say. But meantime, the job market remains strong, so there's optimism that the Fed is getting inflation under control without a lot of layoffs. Last week, initial claims for unemployment benefits dropped for a two-month low of 228,000. Continuing claims were slightly higher, but the data indicates that employees looking for new jobs are finding them quickly. The current unemployment rate has been in the 3.5 to 3.7% range for several months, with companies adding more than 275,000 jobs to the economy every month for the first six months of the year. Home prices are still rising and contributing to inflation thanks to a lack of inventory and strong demand. And that's impacting home sales. The National Association of Realtors says that the total number of sales fell 13.6% in June to an annual rate of 1.08 million units. For previously owned homes, sales fell 3.3% to an annual rate of 4.16 million. That's the slowest rate of existing home sales since June of 2009. Housing starts were also down in June by 8%, but that's after a big jump in May. The National Association of Home Builders says that builders are busy finishing up those earlier projects. They're also pulling back due to a weaker summer demand. Building permits were also down 3.7%. Despite the pullbacks, MarketWatch reports that builders are optimistic about future sales, thanks to the tight inventory and strong demand. Many feel they don't have to offer buyer incentives anymore or price cuts that they were previously offering. Mortgage rates came down just a bit this past week in step with an inflation slowdown. Freddie Mac says the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was down 18 basis points to 6.78%. The 15-year was down 24 points to 6.06%. And in other news making headlines, homeowners with low mortgage rates continue to postpone their plans for a sale. And that's one of the big reasons for low inventory levels. Redfin says that just 1% of the nation's homes changed hands during the first half of this year. That's about 14 out of 1,000 homes. During the first half of 2019, before the pandemic, 19 of every 1,000 homes were put up for sale. That means that buyers have 28% fewer homes to choose from now than they did previously. The data for suburban homes shows an even bigger slowdown. In 2019, 24 out of 1,000 homes were put up for sale. The number drops to 16 for the first half of this year. 
Redfin says that smaller homes in urban areas are the hardest to find, with just 11 out of 1,000 homes changing hands so far this year. And California has the lowest turnover rate, with just 6 out of 1,000 homes available for sale in places like San Jose, Oakland, and San Diego. Single-family landlords are still seeing slower rent growth, but it's currently back to a pre-pandemic normal. CoreLogic says that single-family rent growth was 3.4% in May as a national average. The numbers vary from market to market. The Chicago area topped the list for year-over-year rent growth at 6.6%. The Charlotte metro came in second at 5.9%. Boston and New York tied for third and fourth place with rents increasing 5.7%. CoreLogic economist Molly Bessel says, High inflation may be affecting renters' abilities to absorb continually higher monthly payments, which could be keeping year-over-year rent increases relatively low. Multifamily rents also continue to rise at their slowest pace in more than a decade. Yardi Matrix says that asking rents were up 0.4% in June, for a year-over-year reading of 1.3%. According to calculations by Yardi Matrix, year-over-year rents for single-family homes were only up about the same amount 1.3%, which is lower than the previous CoreLogic report. And again, all the results differ market to market. Well, that's it for today. Check the show notes for links at newsforinvestors.com. You can see all the data there for rent growth by following a few of those links. And remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. We really appreciate it. I'm Kathy Fetke. Thanks for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to newsforinvestors.com.